in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Across from me, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. It's good to be back. He's back. Thank you to uh, Shay Norling for filling in for me as I was uh, on daddy daycare for a week. Um, yeah, Is was, that what you were doing? Yeah, I was. My wife had like a, uh, we don't have our daughter in daycare yet because my wife hasn't started school going back. She's a teacher. Right. She hasn't gone back to school yet as a teacher. And so uh, she had to go to this. She's a math teacher. And they had a math conference downtown every day for like math, all the math teachers in the region. And so we didn't have anybody to watch our kid. So I had to take like five days off to watch our kid. Why couldn't we have you phone in like I do sometimes? Oh, because then, because I'm off, I'm off, man. Because if I'm off, you're off, you're off. I'm off, off, I'm off. That's why it's called paid time off. That's you just. And not paid call into the podcast. Got it. Okay. Last last night, enjoy it. So basically. What did you do? Because you, I mean, yes, you watched your daughter, but what did you do? Uh, we took a lot of, well, she's only six months old, so not a lot. Uh, we went for a lot of walks. We went to the driving range, uh, and she watched me hit some golf balls. Yeah, I'm going to ask again, what did you do? I watched, the, I watched my, I changed a lot of diapers <laughs> and I fed her. Yeah. watched a lot of TV. Yeah, assuming. I watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it. I mean, listen. I could have, but here's what would have happened. Inevitably, whenever we try to do something, it's always like the worst case scenario plays out. So like I could plan this out and be like, hey, man, she normally goes down for a nap at noon. Like, let's record at noon. We'll be good. What will happen is she won't want to go down for the nap at noon. She'll start screaming. You'll have to go do something. You'll have to go be on a call somewhere. So we won't be able to do it at that scheduled time. We'll have to schedule it for another time. It's just easier. You're preaching to the choir. I got two kids. Exactly. You know how it works. Nothing's ever easy. But but sometimes it can make for some good content. It can. But I figured this was like if it, if I would have been here, okay. Here's the deal: if I would have been on vacation, and my wife would have been at home to deal with any issues with my daughter, I would have done the podcast. But because it was me alone, and I was in the trenches alone, yeah. I was like, You're fighting nah. for your life. Yeah, man. yeah. I was. I wasn't gonna do anything. anything goes. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do anything else. All right, let's get I'm into game. it. <laughs> UFC. 291. This one should be great. Great card. This one great should card, be awesome. Top to bottom, great card. If you if you were to say, like, hey, I got to watch one fight card the it's entire year, it's going to be this one. It's for this sure. one. And this is uh, the main event is awesome, despite the BMF title being the dumbest thing in the world. I think it's stupid. I think this, this fight between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey would be great regardless of this belt being uh, involved. But whatever. You want some hardware. We'll do it, and we'll get into that fight uh, a little bit later on. But let's start first with Stephen Thompson and Michelle Pahea. They uh, kick off this card as the first fight on the main card. The welterweight division should be good. Pahea is plus 130 is the underdog. Stephen Thompson is minus 160. Thompson is both these guys uh, around the top 10 in the uh, welterweight uh, division. But this should be a great fight between two strikers that like to punch and punch very hard. Yeah, stylistically, it's a very intriguing matchup. I mean, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has been doing this forever the karate style that he brought in, the two-time title challenger, his fights with Tyron Woodley. And despite that he's now 40 years of age, you know, he's still a very difficult matchup for most guys 
in the welterweight division because he has that karate style that allows him to dart in and out. He's still got the movement. He's still got the quickness. Not as quick because he's, you know, pushing 40. And he still has very stout takedown defense. Not as good as it once was, but still good enough to keep the fight standing and keep it where he wants to be. Michelle Pajea is a crazy man. He is some of the most unorthodox and exciting striking that you will see, not just in the welterweight division, but I think in all of mixed martial arts. He also has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, which we rarely see come into play, and he also has been evolving his wrestling, his, his grappling, and being able to dictate where he wants to take fights to the ground. So on paper, just straight up because of that, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, not just being as elusive as he is and, and, and a guy that can, I think, match strike for strike. I, I like Michelle Pahea in the fight, especially with him as the underdog and him being – but, no, I'm going to get – wait, i got to add a little bit to this because he's also able to rely and, and can maybe get this fight to the ground where he would have a decisive advantage over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. However, there's two things. One, leading into this fight. This fight is at altitude, and you have to take that into account in most of these fights, that they're fighting in Utah, so that comes into a, a factor with, with cardio. And Michelle Pahey, as I just alluded to, uh, is a guy that has struggled before with cardio. Number two is he missed weight. Uh, Michelle Pahey weighed in at 174 pounds, so oh. he was three pounds over uh, the, the legal limit for the welterweight division. And as we're recording this right now uh, on a Friday afternoon, we have get, yet to get official word if he is just going to take the fight uh, as is, as a catchweight fight, so, you know, uh, forfeit some of his purse, or he's going to try and weigh in and make the legal limit. So either way you look at it, you don't like that. You don't like a guy that's cutting an enormous amount of weight, missing weight, not looking good on the scale. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. So for me, the, the, it's not as confident as a play. I was very confident coming in. I almost probably released it as a Fat Jack Sports play at FatJackSports.com. It's not going to be. I still probably pick Michelle Pahea to win this fight because I think stylistically it's a good, it's a favorable matchup for him. I think he doesn't have to worry about a grinding, grappling style of fight that maybe would cater to the cardio becoming the play. So I think Michelle Pahea still... Ooh. At plus 130 right now at FanDuel, you can play it and, and not feel as confident about yeah. it because because Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is also an extremely difficult matchup to think about like you're going to outpoint him because he's only been knocked out once in his mixed martial arts career, and that was a, a, a fight that Anthony Showtime Pettis was losing, and then in the third round, he did one of his Showtime jump-off-the-cage kicks yeah. and knocked him out. Yeah. Uh, so... Just heed my warning here. I like Michelle Pahea. I like him at plus money because of the matchup, but I have concerns with the missed weight, the cardio, and the fact that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's not a guy you typically knock out. All right. So if we go by method of victory here, uh, just to go for some value hunting, you mentioned Pahea. If he gets to the ground, that's where his advantage is. Pahea by submission is 11 to 1 right now at that's plus not that, That's not happening. I don't see Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. If, if Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's going to get taken down, he's going to get controlled, right. or it's going to get be a TKO finish. So you've got Thompson by points at plus 145, Pahea by points at plus 290, Thompson by knockout at plus 360, 
Vahea by knockout at plus 550. I mean, you see that. The odds are suggesting that this fight's going to the scorecards because yeah. Michelle Vahea also is a guy that hasn't been finished inside the UFC, and he's been in there with some thumpers as well. I mean, certainly, you know, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson could land something, a head kick, and, and that changes the direction of the fight. He maybe even knocks Michelle Vahea out or vice versa. You know, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, at some point, the wheels do come off. I mean, we'll be talking about a 40-year-old fighter later on in this fight card in the co-main event. But to me, just just the matchup stylistically, you like Michelle Pahea. All right, we go to our next fight here. Uh, Michael Chiesa here is plus 120. Also hasn't fought in about two years, ending a two-year hiatus against Kevin Holland, who is minus 150. Uh, he hasn't competed since suffering a unanimous decision loss to Sean Brady back in November of 2021. So he's coming in on a two-fight skid, but also hasn't fought in two years. So it's going to be a, uh, a rust fight here for him. I think you're going to look for that, especially because he's the underdog. And also Kevin Holland moved to weatherweight back in 2022, and he's 2-1 in the division. Uh, and that was a short notice uh, loss to Kazumat Shemaya. Remember that he was the uh, he was the sacrificial lamb here uh, to uh, Kazumat Shemaya back uh, a while ago at UFC 279. So you've got Chisea against, or Kiesa, sorry, against Kevin Holland here at minus 150. Yeah, and Kiesa's come, or excuse me, Mike uh, Kevin Holland's coming off of a very impressive victory over Santiago Ponzinibbio, a mm-hmm. fight that he was going to have. You know, that was going to be a striking contest. And Kevin Holland floats between welterweight and middleweight. You know, he's a big guy. He's athletic. He's tall for the, the 170-pound division. Uh, a guy that has hinted at retirement, but, you know, decided to come back. He's still excellent. He's an excellent, like, this This fight card top to bottom also is is dotted with great personalities for the fight card. I mean, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's the nicest guy on the planet. That's cool. That's you know that's you know about his personality. Kevin Holland's a great follow on on mm-hmm. on social. Uh, Kevin Lee or not Kevin Lee? Uh, excuse me. Um, oh man, who's fighting? I just had it in front of me. Now I've got so many different names. Um, Tony Ferguson, no, Bobby, no, no. Green. Bob, Bobby Green, Bobby Green, Bobby Green, great follow. Obviously, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, mm-hmm. he fights earlier on the card. Anyway, getting sidetracked here. You know, Kevin Holland, the athleticism, the power, that's going to cause some issues for Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa is a guy that likes to take you down to the ground and try and choke you out or submit you. Here's the thing. Kevin Howen has struggled with guys that have gone the grappling, uh, you know, angle and try and take the fight, control you, and and, and possibly submit you. I mean, Hamza Chmayev. Example of that, but not really an appropriate example of that because that was short notice. Hamza Shemaev is a beast, yeah. and you know he's on a on a different level. And you talk about the retirement things. Yeah, Michael Chiesa has not fought in a while. He's coming off of two losses. Guys that are at the top heap of the welterweight division, in my opinion, and Vicente Luque, who's a, who's a great fighter, uh, and then obviously you just mentioned Sean Brady, who's a good wrestler. You know, just had his first loss, but. Certainly one of the best 170 pounders, and and Kies has been doing the broadcast. He's been sitting at the broadcast booth, you know, uh, at the desk there doing the commentating. So, uh, and the money's been coming in on on Michael Kiesa. You know, Kevin Holland was a, was a sizable favorite. He's now a minimal favorite. I still like him to win the fight. I, I think Kevin Holland, the athleticism, the power, uh, the striking advantage that he's going to have against Michael Kiesa. I don't know where Michael Kiesa, you know, his head is at at this point. He was focusing his attention on Bobby Green earlier on, uh, or excuse me, Ke- uh, that's why I was thinking about Kevin Lee. He was focusing his attention about Kevin Lee, who just recently retired after a knockout loss a couple of fights ago. Not sure where Michael Chiesa's you know, mind is. But, again, this is not going to be a Fat Jack official pick. It, wa- it was originally. Now it's not. 
Um, because I get the fact, like, why Michael Chiesa can easily win this fight. Like, Michael Chiesa just has to do what Michael Chiesa does, mm-hmm. and that's take the fight to the ground yep. and, and control and, and look f- and hunt for a submission. So uh, I wouldn't hate it, but I think Kevin Holland is prepared for that. Kevin Holland, you know, hits with a ton of bricks. He carries that momentum. He can go three rounds hard. He's, he's I think, prepared for potentially facing a, a grappling matchup. So I think Kevin Holland, straight up on the money line, is certainly a pick. If you go the Chiesa route, Maybe you sprinkle a little bit more to get that value and get him to win via submission because we have seen Kevin Holland tap before. So that is four to one in our method of victory here. Four to one, uh, Kiesa by submission. Kiesa by points is plus 310, and Holland by points or by knockout is plus 180. So Vegas believes that this is going to end in a knockout by Kevin Holland. Otherwise, it's going to go points by Kiesa and then followed by Kiesa by submission. So Vegas believes that if Kevin Holland does not knock out Kiesa, that this is going to be Kiesa's fight. And, it, and it's very interesting because, yeah, Kiesa's only been knocked out once in his career. Uh, I, I could see this going three rounds and just, you know, Kevin Holland scoring uh, with, with the strikes and, and not necessarily, uh, you know, losing that way. But you do have to pay attention to Kevin Holland. has been submitted three times in his mixed martial arts mm-hmm. career. Uh, you know, also he just came so off of a Sprinkle a little? Sprinkle a little? I, I think if you go the Kiesa route, but I, I'm siding with Kevin Holland. I, okay. I just think that, you know, Kiesa's probably likely on his way out. He's got a future in broadcasting. He's very good on the broadcast sitting on the desk for ESPN. Not sure what's headed. The ring rust is certainly uh, something I believe. Kevin Holland is an active fighter, and I think he's prepared for a fight that might potentially get to the ground uh, and has been training for that. All right, our next fight, Tony Ferguson, a big underdog, plus 310 against Bobby Green, who is minus 420, uh, and this should be a very good fight. 46 UFC appearances, 78 professional fights between these two guys, two veterans. Uh, 39-year-old Ferguson enters uh, Saturday's main card looking to uh, avoid his looking to reach his uh his losing streak to 6. He's got a 5 fight losing streak and uh he might get to 6 because he's a plus 310 underdog. Yeah, here. I mean, look, look, I mean, first off, how could you not love Al Kakui? I mean, the dude won 12 fights in a row. He had five different times that he was supposed to fight uh uh Habib Nurmagomedov and that fight was scrapped uh for a variety of different reasons. I mean, fluke injuries that 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 prevented that fight. It's too bad because at the time, you know, Tony Ferguson was 25 and 3. I mean, he had won 12 fights in a row. He was stopping everybody. Just a crazy fighter, an entertaining fighter. Uh, and then, like, it started, the, 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 the rails, you know, the wheels started to fall off. You know, he fought Justin Gagey, you know, during COVID in an absolute barn burner, awesome fight that he lost in the fifth round. And then the, the losses started to pile up. But albeit the losses piled up against the top tier of the lightweight division. You know, Gagey, the former champion, Charles Oliveira. Benil Dariush, who we know is one of the best 155ers on the planet. Michael Chandler, who's you know hopefully going to get his fight with Conor McGregor at some point later this year. Nate Diaz, still a very tough fight, and and, and it was at, at those times where like the Nate Diaz fight, like he didn't look right at all. He looked like he was you know the wear and tear was finally catching up with him. The Michael Chandler fight was he was he won that first round. I, I in my mind com- pretty convincingly, and then he got front kicked in the face in the second round and just flatlined uh, out there. So. It's a dramatic step down in competition for sure. Bobby Green is a talented fighter, but he's nowhere near the top 10, top 15. But a guy that pushes pace, the guy that has good boxing, he's a very, you know, uh, you know solid uh, defensive striker. You can see, he'll, and you'll watch him, he'll roll with punches extremely well, rarely gets knocked out. I think the one time he did was against Dustin Poirier. He's one of the best strikers and boxers we have on the planet. But what faith can you have in Tony Ferguson 
you know, getting off, the, you know, riding the ship. I mean, the dudes lost five fights in a row, and they've been ugly losses. They've been dominating losses. And not to say that Bobby Green is that caliber of fighter, but for me, I think, like, nostalgia just wants Tony Ferguson to, like, you know, get the win, get the win by knockout, which, you know, tremendously plus money. But but Abdallah, I can't I can't recommend Tony Ferguson after losing five in a row. Yeah. But I can't recommend Bobby Green as a, as a three-hour favorite. So it's sit back, have an old-fashioned, and, and enjoy. And skip this one. Can we just say that? Is well, that appropriate? Bobby Green by points, plus 135. Bobby Green by knockout, plus 180. Ferguson by points, plus 650. Can we go That's under two and a half? Let's see. Let's go. Let's Can we go, go under two and a half? Because look, I, I think there's there, there's also some. You know, Bobby Green's trying to do his job and promote the fight. Tony Ferguson's really not, but Bobby Green is animated. Under two and a half is plus one hundred four. Okay, like rooting rooting for a finish. You know, yeah. look, Tony Ferguson made championship right. He said that he's on his way to a title. Uh, he's thirty nine years of age. I, I don't I don't foresee that being the situation, but. I love El Kikui. I mean, a guy that graduated from the Ultimate Fighter and just finished guys and just fought like right. with an unbelievable. We can go with I, the under. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I mean, this fight's great. This fight is awesome. Like yeah. Bobby Green's a great fighter too, and, and fun to watch. So I'm going to say I'll, I'll say the under uh, at plus money at two and a half. I, I think one of these guys is going to sleep. All right, we'll take that under two and a half at a plus one oh four. And now we get to our co-main event. These two fights, this and the main event, should be amazing. Uh, Jan Blahowitz is minus one fifteen against Alex Pereira who is minus 105. Uh, you know, this is a, a great uh, matchup between these two. It seemed like Pereira, you know, should have gone, was going to go to light heavyweight at some point, and now he is because he's just getting bigger and <laughs> more muscular, just hulking up, and, and now he's finally going to light heavyweight. This should be, just based on the odds, you get a minus 115, you get two, two guys that are minus odds, minus 115, minus 105. This is going to be an amazing fight that could be a headlining fight this, on on any other card, but this is the co-main event. Yeah, this is the co-main event. It's a, you know it, there was talk potentially about this being an interim light heavyweight championship fight, which would have made it five mm-hmm. rounds. I thought that would have been interesting, but it's not. It's a three round fight in the co-main event. Uh, this is the most important fight on the card. This is the most important fight in the card because we do not have clarity whatsoever on what's going on at light heavyweight right now. Jamel Hill, you know, got got rid of the, the championship. He got an Achilles injury. He's no longer the champion. Yuri Prohaska, who had to give up the championship. Uh, he, he's no longer the champion, but he's coming back hopefully very soon from Rotator Cups. And, and quite frankly, the winner of this fight could be yep. one of the two fi- fighters fighting for the championship. And Jan Blachowicz, it's a former light heavyweight champion of the world, and obviously Alex Pereira, you know, making the jump to 205. We knew eventually he would, but you know, he lost the second fight to Israel Adesanya, got knocked out, lost the middleweight championship, and now is making the jump. So here's the first and first and foremost thing. You know, obviously, does Alex Pereira carry the power that he had at 185 to 205? He cut a tremendous amount of weight to make the middleweight limit. He obviously didn't have to do that, but still, is he gonna be able to take that? Because this, if you think about it, this is the biggest difference in weight between divisions. It's 20 pounds between 185 and 205. So, and he's going up against one of the bigger hulking fighters at 205 pounds. Jan Blachowicz has been knocked out. We saw Tiago Santos uh, knock him out. But outside of that, he's been in there with some thumpers and, and did not get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Jan Blachowicz is also a, a, used to this situation. Israel Adesanya jumped up from 185 to 205 to fight and try and take Jan Blachowicz's championship. Jan Blachowicz won the fight. He won the fight wrestling and taking and controlling the fight and av- avoiding the striking. Alex Pereira is not a wrestler. Alex Pereira is a kickboxer. So he has the same type of going to be game plan 
not the same probably like volume striking of Israel Adesanya and pinpoint, but you know he he, he reverts back to the power. So um, you know Jan Blachowicz, I think is going to just have to think about the game plan he had against Israel Adesanya and try and execute that. And I worry like Alex Pereira has not been in there with a good grappler uh, when he was. You know, Sean Strickland kind of is a good grappler, but Sean Strickland's an idiot, and he decided to stand in front of him and try and trade. And mm-hmm. got knocked out for it. Um, and, and Tiago's, uh, you know, and, and Bruno Santos, you decided to just get into a barn burner fight with, with Alex Pereira. So what I'm getting at is, like, I'm believing in the game plan of Jan Bohovich, and I'm liking him at the Dower 20, just straight up in the money line to, you know, avoid the power, get this fight to the ground where he can control uh, and, and possibly get a finish. You know, he hasn't had a lot of finishes of his last nine wins. Two of them, I think, have come via finish. He knocked out Luke Rockhold, uh, and I forgot. Oh, and he knocked out Dominic Reyes. So, mm-hmm. you know, two guys that have been knocked out before. Uh, their chins are suspect. But I think the game plan is there. The execution can be there. And relying back on that, I, I like Jan Blachowicz straight up money line to win the fight. All right, minus 115 for Blachowicz right there. Pereira by knockout. Plus 170. Blahovich by knockout, plus 350. Blahovich by points, plus 350. Pereira by points, plus 550. Blahovich by submission, plus 550. And Pereira by submission, 23 to 1. I mean, you know, Alex Pereira is going to have some power. So, I mean, in a nuke of a left hand. So, I've also been looking at the under a two and a half. I think Jan Blahovich. You know, could get a finish there. Is is Alex Pereira making a, a too quick of a turnaround? Because he got knocked under, out. Under two and a half minus 186. Okay, so, like, again, they're expecting a finish. Yeah. So, but then, like, Jan Bohovic is not a finisher. Jan Bohovic is, is kind of a, you know, kind of a grinder and, and win the fight. So, um, I, and, but you do also worry about the jump to different weight classes. And I just was getting at you worry about Alex Pereira. Is it too quick of a turnaround from that brutal knockout loss that he suffered at, uh, at the hands of Israel Adesanya? So um, I, I do think I, I do like playing the finish, but I think just Jan Blachowicz is probably the smarter play because you're, you're, you're leading into, again, the game plan that we've seen, the issues that Alex Pereira has had, and the question marks that, that we have about Alex Pereira jumping up to 205. All right, that is our co-main event. And finally, our main event, Dustin Poirier, minus 150 against Justin Gagey, plus 125 for the BMF title, the dumbest thing in the world. But sure, you want to run Jorge Masvidal out there and have him hand out the belt to whoever wins or whatever, that's fine. I don't care. This fight is going to be awesome. So this is a rematch, obviously, okay? Their first fight five years ago uh, was amazing. And then since then, both of them are 6-2, and And both of them have lost to Habib Nurmagomedov and Charles Oliveira. And since then, their wins are, they've beaten guys like Max Holloway, Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, Justin Gagey, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, Tony Ferguson, Rafael Fizzi. I mean, they've beaten some dudes. Like, these guys the are... best of the best. Like, these guys, like, this should be a real title fight. Instead, it's some BS belt. Like, this well, is... Well, there, there's like, a couple of things to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they're... Like, they didn't need to add a BMF championship no, to, to, like, to make crazy. this like a, like a great fight. Um, two other things to add to that, too. The two losses to both uh, Habib uh, and Charles Oliveira, I believe, came the same way. Um, and also uh, Dustin and Justin. Like yes, name, Dustin name, and Justin. Their yes. names rhyme. The Ustins, yes. <laughs> the Ustins. The their Ustins. Name, their names <laughs> rhyme. I mean, look, I mean, okay, second most important fight on the card because, you know. But it could be the best fight on the card. It, oh, the fight's going to be fantastic. Yeah. fight's going to be fantastic. But as I mean, far as, like, for 
belts and contention and stuff like that. It's not important. The, well, the contention part is because, like, you got Islam Makachev fighting Charles Oliveira for a second time. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, okay, is Volkanovski next? You know, he's going to make that argument. If not, like, you know, winning this fight, both these guys have not fought Islam Makachev. So, you know, they are two potentially fresh opponents uh, for the new lightweight uh, king of the world. So, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a great fight. Uh, both guys, I think, you know, match up stylistically very well. Uh, the cardio, I think, is going to be a factor again, this time at altitude. Uh, Dustin Poirier is a machine. I mean, both guys go hide for hard for five rounds, but I think I rely a little bit more, uh, believe a little bit more in Dustin Poirier's uh, cardio than I would in Justin Gagey. Does Justin Gagey finally fight smart? I mean, he did kind of in the Tony Ferguson fight, which was probably his most brilliant performance when he won the light uh, interim lightweight championship, but... Does he do some wrestling that they could maybe cause a little bit of a game plan or shift in what Dustin Poirier? Because if this fight is standing, like Dustin Poirier is eventually going to take over. Like Dustin Poirier's boxing is some of the best we've ever seen, maybe the best we have in mixed martial arts, and eventually it catches up with the amount of wars and and, and you know grit that Justin Gagey tries to just utilize in a fight. I think. Leaning on the win, the fact that Dustin Poirier has a win over Justin Gagey in the fourth round, and it was a stoppage. It wasn't like a five-round fight. Uh, also impressive. So uh, I think I'm very confident Dustin Poirier is going to get his hand raised. I just like the matchup for him. I don't think he has to worry about the submissions or some of the Muay Thai. It's a traditional stance that, that he's going to find. And, and, and Gagey struggled with, with fighters, I believe, that fight from the southpaw stance that Dustin Poirier is going to bring into uh, the gym uh, and, or the cage, I should say. And I just don't, I, I just think that eventually Poirier just takes over the fight. There's a little bit of me that says, like, look, play the over at two and a half because I think there might be a little bit of, you know, figuring out, feeling out process between these two guys uh, and not looking for a quick finish. But I do believe we get a finish because I, both of these guys want to make a statement. There's going to be a reason why they're going to say, hey, I'm the BMF champion, not winning a five-round war. You're winning the BMF title by getting a stoppage victory. It's kind of funny because Masvidal won it by a doctor stoppage, you know, a laceration cut yeah. by Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of bullshit there. Um, so... Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier, just the, just the matchup, the, the favorable thing that he's got the win over him before. It's going to be a stand-up fight. I trust Dustin's boxing uh, more than, than I would Justin Gagey's overall kick game and, and what he's going to bring. So I like Dustin Poirier to win the fight. All right, if we look at method of victory here for this fight, you've got Poirier by knockout at plus 210, Gagey by knockout at plus 250. Kind of... Shows you where Vegas thinks this is going to go. Poirier by points is plus 370. Gagey by points is plus 500. Poirier by submission is plus 650. And Gagey by submission is 20 to 1. Someone asked me about the Poirier. One of my buddies asked me about the Poirier via submission because the guy may be a club and sub type of deal. I just don't see that happening. I think we're going to get a fight. If, if you're going to put... I like Dustin Poirier inside the distance. I'm going to sprinkle probably a little bit on that. And Dustin Poirier by knockout, probably another play that I'll have later. All right. So Poirier by knockout. What did I say that was? Poirier by knockout is plus 210. And then if you were looking at your round props that you mentioned, uh, the over 2.5 is minus 126, under 2.5, minus 102. The problem with that is to me, like, (sighs) because it's a five-round fight, I think it's going to go over. Over two and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, I like the over two and a half because I think you're right. The guys are going to kind of feel each other out for a little bit and see what's what, and then 
maybe and like because they know that like this could be a long fight maybe save some of the cardio mm -hmm. for that third and fourth round so okay i like that yeah, i like that i think that that's a smart play but either way it's gonna be a fantastic fight and oh, I'm it's excited. gonna be awesome i'm excited to watch so not really sure if those are those plays and eh, it could flip a little bit on the fat jack sports but i'll have plenty of plays uh you know available on the main card fatjacksports.com I do like, I know you're going to ask me. That. Anything on the yeah, prelims yeah. that you got your eye on? So uh, I talked about this actually earlier on in the day on VEASAN. Uh, I'm going to take a flyer on flowers. A flyer on flowers. Darius okay. Flowers is making his UFC debut. He's got a reputable uh, you know, resume Plus coming from regional. Not a lot known on short notice, but Jake Matthews has not looked great at, at you know certainly at times. Flowers is wrestling and he's got power, and I think he could surprise some people. So a little sprinkle, the flyer on Flowers is happening uh, for me. Uh, that kicks off the prelims uh, on uh, ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Yeah, you can watch the prelims uh, before the pay per view on ABC, and then so we're gonna take a flyer on Flowers at plus two hundred five plus. Uh, these are just kind of like, we'll call them leans, as they say in the gambling world. Uh, Michelle Pajaya, plus 130 money line. Uh, Holland, minus 150. But a little sprinkle on, uh, you say, uh, or you could say, uh, plus Kiesa, 400. Yeah. yeah, by submission. Sure. Uh, the Ferguson Green fight, under 205, under two, under two and a half at plus 104. Uh, Jan Blachowicz at uh, minus 115. And then Dustin Poirier at minus 150. And also Poirier by knockout, which was like plus. 210 or something like that. Yeah. So that's I think good. Again, yeah, good matchup. Should be a fun card. Oh, top, to, card. top to bottom. I mean, there's, great there's, card. there's a really lot of good fun fights. Great card. He is Jordan Sherwood. Get all of his picks as he mentioned. Fatjacksports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at what on ESPN 1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week with another episode of the unnamed MMA podcast. Thanks for listening.